Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Smith and Reganey far side, Smith Marset near side. Back goes Stanley, four man rush, pump fakes, hit by Tony, and down he goes. Back at the 30 yard line, the Nittany Lions get their first sack of the night. Iowa shows blitz, they bring it. Back he goes, steps up, throws their side, caught Hamler 15 to the 10 to the 5, hurdles to the goal line, and is he there? Touchdown, Penn State! Show blitz with Johnson. They bring it. They give it to Goodson, and Mustafer takes fumble, it down. He fumble. fumbles the football on the turf at the 14-yard line. Penn State's around it at the 16, it looks like. Waiting for the signal. There's not been a turnover in this game until now. Penn State's got it. 33-yard attempt, slight angle to his right. Stall over, good snap, put down, kick is up by Jake Pinniger. The kick by Pinniger is good, and Penn State increases its lead to 10-6. Stanley play action, looks right, left, hit by Windsor as he throws, intercepted by Brisker at the 35 and goes down there. Robert Windsor set it up with the pressure, and Brisker gets his first career interception. Now Kane will shift to the right. Play clock at 10, plenty of time. Second and goal at the Iowa 5. Pitch it to the edge. Kane goes to the far corner. Got the corner. Touchdown, Penn State. There's the two-score lead they've been looking for. And Clifford may be able to take the snap and run backwards if he wants for two or three seconds. They're in victory formation. Back, holds, back, holds. Knee goes down at 39. Ball game. Penn State's going to win it. The Nittany Lions win it 17-12 over Iowa. There's no need to take another snap. I couldn't be more proud of the guys, you know, really in all three phases. I thought the first quarter, you know, we played like a young football team on offense. We are just antsy in the pocket and dropping some balls and just, just weren't as clean as we've been. But after that... I thought we did just enough to win the game in terms of whether it was touchdowns or field goals or reserving the right to punt, pinning them deep. Blake did a great job of pinning them deep and then and then obviously play great defense. So um, we also didn't turn the ball over, which is huge. This is a tough place to play. You, know, as you look over the last four years, there's been a bunch of ranked opponents come in here and, and lose. Uh, so, you know, I couldn't be more proud of how we played complimentary, smart, disciplined, hard-nosed, blue-collar Penn State football. Our defense was able to keep them deep, give our offense good field position, and then we either scored with that field position or pinned them deep again. So, you know, I, I couldn't be more proud of our guys and how we managed the game today. I thought that was the big thing. I thought we managed the game well. Got to give our line and tight ends credit. You got to you got to give our coaches credit because I think the diversity in our running game is so much better than it's been in the past. That helps us in forming an offense. We haven't been able to do, we haven't been able to do that. In six years, six years in the old offense, in the new offense, the years we won the Big Ten championship, um, we haven't been able to run the ball against a really good defense and end the ball on our terms, make them burn all three timeouts. So that's that's a real positive. James Franklin after the game on Saturday. 
They walked into Iowa and they beat Iowa at their own game. That's what they did. Iowa is a formula to win. The formula is as old as the game of football. Win the turnover battle. Penn State was plus two, ten points off of takeaways. Win field position. Average drive start Penn State, 33. Average for Iowa, 17. 11 possessions, that's 176 yards of hidden yards. And then the one that you didn't really think about, but Iowa needs to win the time of possession. Penn State won that by about four and a half, five minutes. So they essentially beat Iowa at their own game. I think James said it right. They also closed the game out on their terms. Really important. When you just take it with 231 to go and you never give it back. Noah Kane ran for 102. I think the tight ends have played a really important role in the blocking. Devin Ford on the 85 yard drive stepped in, played really well defensively. Wade, Brisker, Windsor, obviously, and Tariq Castro Fields played very strong games. Castro Fields really graded out highly in the game. I tell people, oh, Castro Fields isn't playing well. I say, excuse me, have you seen the grades? Castro Fields played a really good game the other night. Uh,. And Blake Gilligan was the Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week and earned it. With eight punts, five were knocked inside the 20, three were fair catches. Can't ask for more from your punter than that. Obviously, people, a driver after the game, obviously, for a lot of people, the officiating. All right, I cannot in any way, shape, or form comment on the holding penalties, both offensively and defensively, because I didn't see it. Remember, I'm looking at the ball. And because I'm looking at the ball, and I didn't have the way the setup, you know, I'd have to, you'd have to be there to actually know what the setup is at Iowa, but the TV like, is straight over my head. And because it's straight over my head, I can't I can't really look at it that much. The one play I will comment on is the Friarmouth play. That I will comment on. Because the call in the field was a touchdown. You need, from what I understand. This has always been my understanding. Indisputable video evidence to overturn a play. Excuse me, where is the indisputable video evidence? I looked at, and of course, I, I, I was on the walking back to my seat in the plane, and Pat stopped me, and he goes, Steve, I scored. I said, I know you did. So let's just do this from a common sense point of view. Even, and again, this play did not figure in the outcome. Penn State won the game 17-12. to 12. So I'm going to make the same point I made on the broadcast. He puts his right hand down first. 
and that's obviously the hand that does not have the ball. The ball is in front of the right hand. He's reaching out with his left hand with the ball, and the, his hand hits the ground maybe 6 to 12 inches away from the goal line. Right? And the ball's out in front by about, I'd say, a good 18 inches to, you know, at minimum maybe even 2 feet. And then the knee hits. Well, doesn't the replacement of the right hand and the distance between the right hand and the ball tell you the ball's over? And you only need the tip of the ball to go over. Remember, the call on the field was a touchdown. You need indisputable video evidence to overturn that. It is not, okay? And replay is not a judgment call. It is not. If if anybody ever tells you, well, you know, it's really kind of a judgment call. No, you're not allowed to on replay. They've got to get that straightened out. Now, the play in the end zone where uh, Stanley got hit and the ball was loose, I thought was I thought his arm was going forward. I thought it was an incomplete pass. And there was a player in the area, too, at the five-yard line, so that wasn't an issue. And the uh, potential targeting call on Shaka Tony, they got right. And as for the calls where Penn State was called for holding, and I I can't even comment on that at all, only because I didn't see it, and I didn't look at the replay. Again, it was just a placement of the, the TV set literally in there is directly over my head. In fact, I'm even a little bit behind it because it's way up up high. Jack can see it. So I have no idea whether the holding calls on the touchdowns that were called back were legit. I have no idea whether the holding call on John Reed that got uh, Iowa out of trouble at one point. I don't know if that was legit because I, I didn't see the replays. And it would not be fair for me to comment. It would be wrong of me to comment on something I didn't see. Uh, I, now, there was one call that wasn't made where I thought it was obviously offensive pass interference when John Reed got dragged down. and didn't call that. I made that comment on the broadcast right away. I thought it was offensive pass interference. But there are a lot of people who are upset about uh, calls and so forth. Guess what? When you get a bad call, and look, a bad calls certainly can play a role without question, as we all know, in the outcome of games. But when you get bad calls on the field or that you perceive it's a bad call on the field, your perception it's a bad call, you can't as a player do anything about it. What you can do about it is brush it off and go to the next play. Easier said than done, but good teams can do that. Jack Ham has often talked to me about with the Steelers, uh, they'd get bad calls against them, and they'd say, okay, go to the next play and make a play. Let's go. Now, that's obviously the mentality of a championship team that won four times in six years. But that was their mentality, and Jack has talked about that mentality many times. I thought Penn State, for the most part, reacted very well to the calls against them. 
So the Friermuth play, okay, they don't score. All right, so then well, there's a penalty, a penalty, they move back five yards, and Journey Brown scores. Well, that got called back. Then Sean Clifford scores. That got called back. All right. I mean, so in other words, you got pushed back, you scored. You got pushed back, you scored again. So that shows me how you're reacting to what's going on. That's what I take out of it. I take out of the fact that how does a team react when it is perceived that they didn't get the right call? And I thought for the most part Penn State on the road reacted well to it. And I know a lot of people, it's interesting, a lot of people were upset about the officiating after the game from what we understand. Okay, it's fine. You're a fan. You're absolutely entitled to that. And especially with a team like Penn State, which has been penalized relatively few times in the year. Penn State came into the game averaging four penalties per game. That was it. I have it on my chart all the time, so I know what the numbers are. A lot of things on that chart. And they overcame it, and they won it. It's interesting. It it does draw more weight to me when people are complaining about something in a win. In other words, you are not bitter that you lost the game. Right? Your team won the game, and you're still ticked off about it. That does that does make a statement, in my opinion. Congratulations, by the way, to Dave Cicchini. Bucknell winning its first game, and for Dave Cicchini, his first win as the head coach at Bucknell. We will hear from him in the final half hour of the show today. Matt Leon coming up in the next hour. Tomorrow, the great Tony Knopp. Michigan's play-by-play voice, Jim Brandstetter. James Franklin's press conference tomorrow. It is a big week. We're going to have fun with it. Game day is going to be here from ESPN. I had somebody ask me if I was, you're going to go over Mr. Jones? I said, no. That's I said, I said I'm an adult. I'm not going to go. Uh, so <laughs> they said, what are you going to do? I said, probably cut my lawn. They said, you're not going to cut your lawn, is it? Yeah. I said, I don't have to be in the stadium until like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to cut my lawn. It needs it. <laughs> All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Look, I am relaxed on game day. It's just my nature. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Are you terrified by your old ride? Don't fear. If you want to have a fun day, you have to buy a Hyundai at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Treat yourself to a nicer, newer ride from SFC. Choose from 12 2019 Hyundai Tucsons with $4,000 off starting at $22,369. There's 17 Hyundai Konas in stock starting at only $20,352. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has brand new Sonatas starting under $19,000. Plus, hurry in. There's four Hyundai Palisades in stock. And every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. And Hyundai Assurance. Don't be terrified by your old ride. If you want to have a fun day, you have to buy a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Driving you over. 
surprised the suit is in today. I know. A winning weekend for our guy, Kevin Herr. He was the good luck charm everywhere we turned. How about Shikalemi, Bucknell, Penn State Steelers? Yeah, our boy was 4-0 for the weekend. I mean, it's the first time we've ever even remotely thought of him as good at anything. Good luck. <laughs> good luck charm. By the way, Gary Goloszewski has already put out the menu for the Tom McGrath tailgate. Oh, my goodness. I'm sitting down. I have to bring up. Jeez, I hope I didn't delete it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he sent you a PDF file of the menu. Oh, we get a week. There's a menu. Now I, oh. I don't. Part- I don't participate in the menu because I usually don't go until after the game. But that's the thing. But you help with their inventory. It's like, hey, I'm here, so uh, you know, you don't have as much to take home. I'm here to help with your inventory. That's how it works. Uh, I don't really affect their inventory that much. <laughs> <laughs> Usually just show up um, after the game for a while, but the as I t- I try to point out to Gary all the time that the Tom McGrath tailgate has a, a reputation for excellence. Sure. So they have themes now. They have themes, and where is it? I think I found it. And. Ding, 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 ding. Here we go. The theme is winter is coming. Mm. Yes. Uh, well, let's enjoy fall first. Yes. <laughs> Not well, to rush it. Okay. Okay. Not to knock the theme or anything. So <laughs> there's going to be a breakfast casserole, Ooh. home fries, baked ziti, chicken filet nuggets, Miller Lite, water, sloppy joes, pickles, assorted fruits, chips, pretzels. Uh, let's see. Obviously, uh, beverages, wings over Ann Arbor, bacon deviled eggs, uh, supreme uh, pizza dip, lemon rum cake, which is Julie McGrath's specialty. Uh, let's see. Broccoli cheddar soup, shrimp cocktail, apple slices, caramel dip. Snacks, candy for the kids, homemade meatball sandwiches, pepperoni cheese cracker tray. Uh, let's see, taco soup, sp- uh, spike cider, perfect for you. Buffalo chicken, Philly cheesesteaks. I mean, again, this is the Tom McGrath tailgate, Gary Goloshevsky curator. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570-286-5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. The Purdy's have insured this valley for decades. With the 
ability to get you the right insurance, best price, and if there's ever a claim or an adjustment needed, they are there for you. Customer service means everything at Purdy Insurance. What a great agency, great agents, good people. Real pros who know their business. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Sunbury Motors Studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Packers and Lions coming up tonight. Interesting, I've watched tape of Michigan, at least some to this point. Obviously, I saw the entire Iowa game getting ready for Iowa, so I did see that. But... um, Um, then I started watching the Illinois game. I don't really know what to make of Michigan. I really don't. Usually I can look at the team and go, okay, they may have they have talent. It's not like they don't have talent. They've got talent. You know, Patterson's talented. I mean, the two running backs are talented. The wideouts are very talented. Their offensive line is talented. Uche, who's really good. He is a handful, number six. Would he pay? Um, Josh Metellus, Lavert Hill, they've got talent. But I have that it I feel like it's just taking a while for me to really I don't know. Get a feel for them. I just can't so far I'm watching them, I'm just not sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll take a look at a couple of other games. I mean, that's you know, there's certain games you really you know, watching Army or watching Middle Tennessee State does nothing. I'm not so sure how much watching Wisconsin. Well, I might watch a little bit of that, but they're different style than Penn State is. But so far, I'm not quite sure what to make of Michigan. Usually, I have a pretty good handle right away. Like, good, good, bum, bum. There's certain parts of their team that, I mean, like I said, Metellus. Now, Lavert Hill did not play against mm, Illinois. Uh, but Metellus is really good. Hill's really good. Uche and Quiddy Pay are really good. Really good. Uh,. And then you go to the offensive line. They got a couple of guys in the offensive line are pretty good. The wideouts are good. You know, Donovan Peoples Jones and and uh Ronnie Bell. I mean, good players. Uh Tariq Black. Tight ends are good. I'm not so sure they're great blockers, but they're good. And the running backs are talented, but don't give you that breakaway feeling. And then Patterson you watch him, and he certainly can move, and he certainly can throw the ball well. And the, if I had to pick a weakness for Patterson, is that the weakness is he holds the ball too long. Well, you can't hold the ball too long against Penn State. You do that, and you open the door to disaster. Whiteout game, game day here. But game day coming here, again, it's not my cup of tea, and that's irrelevant to the conversation. 
Um, but it is great for Penn State football that game day is going to be here. It's like a three-hour commercial. It's great for Penn State game days here. Same thing. It's like a three-hour commercial for the university. And it's great for State College. Even though they're on campus, how do they open the show? Right? They open the show by saying, where are they? And I'm talking about the band. State College, Pennsylvania. Well, what other town in the country is going to get shouted out like that on national TV? So it's great for State College, too. Now you got to go out, and the big payoff is playing really well on Saturday night. That's ironic you used the word commercial. Like A buddy of mine texted me over the weekend, asked if I had a chance to see the college football 24-7 uh, Penn State edition that aired last week on HBO. I told him I didn't, and he described it as a commercial. He said it was yeah. outstanding, slickly produced, but yeah, it just looked like a 60-minute a commercial. Yeah, I've never, I have not seen, I have not seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't either. At some point, I will, you know. I'll but get a you were brought it. up during the show. But you told me that there were some times where the HBO cameras were, I guess, what, oh. near, nearby you at a practice or two? Uh, yeah, and I know they were at the talk show, too. Oh, okay. And I think, I believe that when they do this, they and they show at the end, they show the game. I think they use the radio play-by-play or something like that. So, well, that may have made it too. Um, you can tell I've lost a lot of sleep about you know whether it was on or not. I All can, right, I so, can tell. Uh, <laughs> stuff okay, like that, stuff like that you live for. Yep, <laughs> just like game day. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hey, you mow the lawn. You got to pick your spots. You know, you're still trying to break in that John Deere of yours. I completely get it. No, I literally have nothing to do until I leave here. <laughs> All right, so since I have nothing to do until I leave here, I might as well get something done. Uh, I was a week behind schedule on my that, lawn, and since the Steelers uh, weren't on till 8 last night, I wanted to watch some Red Zone for a couple of hours, so a little after 4, I took care of the lawn yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be nice enough. It's supposed to rain on Wednesday. That way on Sunday, uh, I can go and... If I want to watch my grandson play football or whatever, I mean, because Michigan State doesn't play this weekend, I can get them ready already. I can make it a far more relaxing day if I can do that. So, yeah, that's why they say, you're going to do your lawn. I said, what do you want me to do, sit there and pace? Anyway, we'll pace back and forth in the living room. Okay, I got to leave before. It's a big game. I had to get myself ready. Oh, for goodness sakes. I prepared all week. <laughs> I'll go cut my lawn. <laughs> you know how I am. Well, it's like, you know, shooting an early morning round of golf uh, the day of the Rose Bowl. <laughs> right. Or not going to the parade, you know. <laughs> well, I've. But you did do that once. I've I've done I've gone to the parade. Yeah, with Penn State's been the Rose Bowl with three times. I've gone to the parade twice. Once I went up and got a glimpse. And the other time I got the full deal. Last time I went, I did I didn't go. Yeah, you know, I'm done. I'm not going to go to the Rose Parade again. Not because it's bad. It was really really good. But I feel like I've done that already. You know. To me, the games. To me personally, the game is more fun. That's just me. 
Yeah, everybody has their own, you know, and there was, I'm really, really glad I went to it. Really glad. I can now say the rest of my life I've gone to it and I thought it was spectacular. Okay? But I'm a football guy. <laughs> so I, 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 I now I go to these things for the football game. Yeah, to each his own. To each his own. I've been lucky I've been able to do the things I've been able to do. And to work around the people I work with. So, um, Now, I think the door is open. I think we're going to get Jack on, I think, Friday. I think Friday would be a good day to have Jack on. Probably ought to get Matty Ice on here at some point, huh? I'm talking about McGloin, not you, Catrillo. Go back to the newsroom. <laughs> I thought you were talking to. <laughs> yeah, we can get in touch. We can get in touch with a uh, good old number eleven. Sure. No, no, it's okay. I've, I'll just text him. Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you need <laughs> me to, I can. Uh, I can text him. Don't okay. Worry about it. Sounds good. No, no, I can no, I can guilt him into it. Uh, so, uh, I mean, hasn't he been a great addition? He's been outstanding. I found a, uh, I stumbled upon the Penn State Iowa preview that he and Mitch Berger days uh, you know, sporting the old school Penn State sweater. Loved it. I know. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Know. I see him. I saw him at practice on Wednesday, and he had the sweater on because that's when they tape it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> so it's not homecoming, pal. <laughs> you should have heard he and Jack telling pro football stories on Friday night. Pro football is exactly what you think it is. It is an absolute business. Okay? It is not fun. You are you are a disposable part if they deem you to be a disposable part, there's very, very little loyalty in the NFL. Very little. It's amazing how they ask for loyalty from the players playing for them. They they just beg for loyalty from their fans. But when it comes to coaching and management's loyalty to others, it just is not there. I'm sorry, you're a disposable part. Move on. I mean, the, the stories were incredible. Stories were incredible. You would have loved to have been a fly in the wall for that. I think a lot of people would have listened to that conversation on Absolutely. Friday night. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of begging for loyalty and wanting fans, how uh, about the Los Angeles oh. Chargers? Oh, no, geez. I thought you were going to talk about the suit. Oh. Um, <laughs> 75, chart, 75 this... or 80% Steeler fans there in the soccer stadium last night. Wow. But the. But that's been okay. And then let's just not blow this out over too far overboard, though. Remember, the place only seats twenty seven thousand. Yeah. So don't make it seem like a million showed up. Uh, but that's been the problem over and over again for the Chargers playing there. Usually, a minimum of half the stadium is the other team's fans. Even last year when they played the Miami Dolphins, I mean the Miami Dolphins, they went there and there's all this aqua all over the place. 
it's been a problem. What's great about this show, we try to get you the best information possible, and sometimes we we're, we luck out and we we give uh, you know a little, we we're able to trend and kind of see ahead of time what's going on, and that's where you know Tony Knopp comes into the equation. He lives out there, he lives and breathes sports, works the business, and he just knew when the you know the morning after that story came out that they were going to move to Los Angeles, he just flat out said, "This is not going to work." It is one of the more mystifying things I've seen in sports. I understand the lure of the number two television market in the country. So I completely get that. I get the numbers. I get the possibility of of wealth. But the NFL is already wealthy to begin with. You're going to be a tenant. You are not the owner of the stadium. You are a tenant. You are not perceived as being the number one team in the market. The Chargers have virtually no following in Los Angeles. None. The first time they play a game in that new stadium next year, and you see a sky shot of all those empty seats. It's a problem. It's a problem. I don't know. All right, we'll take a break. Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com and News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Game day will be here. Fowler and Herb Street will be here. A lot going on this week. And uh, we're looking forward to doing what we usually do here. Penn State beat Iowa 17-12 on Saturday night. And uh, winning on the road, good win. Beat Iowa at its own game. And closed out the game on their terms. They closed it out with the ball. They drained all three timeouts. They gained yardage on the ground. And they finished it. It was it was really great to see how they finished it off. And I thought that was important, how they finished it off. And I was impressed by that. But they won the turnover battle. They won the field position battle. They also ended up winning the doggone uh, time of possession battle, which I didn't even bring into account. I knew that was part of the Iowa formula, and they took that from them. That's that's uh, that's interesting. Oh. Georgia lost at home. And to their credit, didn't even remotely look good doing it. They didn't look good at all. It looked like a team that just expected to show up and just win the game and leave. And remember, South Carolina was using not their first-string quarterback, not their second-string quarterback. They were using their third-string quarterback, and they still beat him. Georgia gets a lot of credit for being Georgia. 
And I think Georgia's been one of those programs that traditionally in my lifetime has always been really, really good, but rarely great. I think it's a fair to me. In my lifetime, they've been, for the most part, really, really good and rarely great. Now, the team they had a couple of years ago, they made the championship game. That was, they were outstanding. They just got beat that night. Although they were essentially playing a home game. Let's remember that, too. <clears throat> Penn State on third down, 44% of the season. All right, that's really good. Uh, even better the last three games. How about 57% the last three games? Some amazing numbers. 57% the last three games. They were really good on third down the other night. Got off to a slow start. The first quarter was not a pretty quarter. Let's not pretend that it was. It was not. But the final three quarters, Penn State played really good rock-solid football. Pro football focus grades. Who graded out really well? K.J. Hambler graded out really well. Uh, Robert Windsor, P.J. Mustafer, Lamont Wade, Jaquan Brisker, and Tariq Castro-Fields all got high grades from pro football focus. I believe Michael Mennett did, too, as a matter of fact. High grade. Michigan, by the way, graded out really well, too, but in their win over Illinois. The, the win over Illinois is odd, though. They had a 28-0 lead, and then suddenly you look up, it's 28-25. Illinois scored 25 unanswered points. Wow. So I'm going to have to watch the tape and see how the heck they did that. I have not watched that part of the tape yet. I've only watched so far the Michigan offense. I have not watched yet the de- the uh, Michigan defense. So I haven't watched that part yet. Well, here's another guy I think that, uh, you know, obviously Noah Kane played really well. You know, I also played well the other night. Didn't have as many opportunities, but Devin Ford. I think Devin Ford played really well the other night. On that 85-yard drive that for Penn State's first touchdown, Ford played a key role in that drive. It's been a lot of fun talking about this team this year. Yeah, get to talk about all the terrific things I've been doing. Next half hour, Matt Leon, Dave Cicchini. Dave gets his first win as the head coach at Bucknell. Congrats to him. We'll hear from him final half hour. Great to have you with us today. Waiting, by the way, for white smoke. You know what that means. Soup made a sale. Oh, you're talking about Phillies uh, looking for a new manager. By the way, here, Gabe Kapler going to be interviewing with the Cubs. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, Theo, of course, Gabe Kaplan goes back with the Red Sox on the 2004 team, so he knows Theo. 
your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com. 